welcome to the second episode of Multiple Lenses. This week we are going to discuss uh, strategy. I missed the podcast last week. Something came up on my end. Also, this week's podcast is twice as long as last time. Uh, I think we are going to touch twenty minutes. Uh, but do give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Uh, there we go. Have you ever played strategy games? Uh, when I was young, I used to play this game called Age of Empires. It's one of the most popular strategy games out there. Of course, it's an old one, so classic popular, if I were to uh, call it that. But it had this interesting concept, and in which a lot of strategy games have uh, is basically a, a fog of war on the map. So, what's a fog of war? Well, a fog of war basically covers uh, the entire map uh, if your units are not around. So, you really don't know what's happening uh, on the map. So, you can't really plan for stuff. which makes fog of war interesting so venturing into a <clears throat> fog of war was always a scary prospect most games how they start off is is they give you a settler or a person who can kind of start a village and <clears throat> they give you a, a one uh, infantry unit of sorts so you need to find out what's the best place to start but if you want to know what's the best place to start you have to walk around the little and you're scared walking around because you never know what's there uh, there are no wild animals in most of the game but what's if there's a what if there's an infantry unit of uh, your enemy out there they can well wipe you off the map in the first 5 minutes you really don't want that but that was always interesting right and what's around you and how much you can see on the map always defined how you play so if my uh, initial game spawned on an island i would need to make sure i have a very strong navy because i want to protect uh, uh, my units as i'm moving around the world but if i was literally on a landlocked uh, island of uh, not island landlocked island is the wrong thing if i was on a landlocked continent i don't need to worry about the navy i would just build the strongest army i can in some ways that was my first stress uh, with strategy but now if you don't know what age of empires is i'm pretty sure most of you would have played tetris now when you play tetris you're always shown what the next block is going to be so you plan around it imagine if you were playing tetris but you wouldn't know what's coming up next suddenly planning is very hard you can just plan okay if i got like a a four uh, uh the four block uh, single line you know how to kind of place it in the best way but anything else it's going to be harder because you don't know what's coming up next and you're just trying to optimize for the present So now you suddenly start getting a sense of strategy it's basically planning uh ideally for the long term uh, as such the word comes from a greek uh, word called strategia or uh, i might i'm hoping uh, that i'm pronouncing it correctly but it's basically called uh, the art of uh, the troop leader basically the army leader or the general as such in most cases strategy has been connected to uh, military uh, strategy and wars and if you actually google for strategy books one of the uh, most popular books and the most recommended books might be uh, the art of war uh, by sun tzu again i'm hoping i'm pronouncing it correctly but uh, a lot of strategy is derived from military or a lot of strategies learned from military now if you look at the collins dictionary right i it has one of my favorite definition of strategy it basically defines strategy as the art of planning in the best way uh, to gain an advantage and to achieve success especially in war now again collins dictionary is also kind of mentioning especially in war but the reason i kind of like it is because of the mention of the best way which also means you have to kind of figure out what's happening around you and figure out uh what is the best you need to have multiple ways and plan, uh, plan out and figure out what's the best way
with respect to military right to figure out the best way you need to know the terrain you need to know the number of soldiers you have uh, your technology you need to know uh Uh, the number of soldiers the enemy has in their technology right in in business if you have to figure out the best way you need to know the market you need to know your competition your users and probably a little bit of what's going to happen in the future uh, but in both cases right you need to figure out uh, your strengths and the enemy's weaknesses and basically leverage each of them to win a lot of my learnings of military strategy kind of came about by listening to another podcast uh, this is a very nice podcast i i recommend you definitely listen to it if you're interested in history but it's basically hardcore history by dan carlin i started listening to it uh, from the wrath of khan uh, series uh, and when i mean series he literally has episodes which range from a bunch of hours uh to 8 hours and he has multiple uh, episodes for each series but the wrath of khan uh, is an interesting series because it showcases how the mongols kind of used their strength especially on the cavalry side uh, uh to win wars around the world uh, especially against china now if you look at mongols uh their strength lied in their horses and them actually uh, do uh, <clears throat> and their bows and arrows basically they were archers uh, right and each mongol as such had multiple horses so they had extreme mobility uh, if one if one of your horses is tired you uh, switch horses and you move so that gave them uh, a lot of mobility uh, in a single day right now imagine if you're a general and you're like okay i have an army approaching me and my best estimates are they'll take two days to reach me but <clears throat> unlike every other army the mongol army moves very fast and imagine if they reached uh, your gates in one day it does multiple things right one you're not prepared but more importantly the other thing it does is it basically starts uh, making your soldiers scared because the army they're going up against has done something they deemed impossible speed is also a tactic that was used by the germans in world war 2 and early on it gave them uh, a bunch of wins in fact uh, the the speed uh, thing actually started being called blitzkrieg which in german is basically lightning war on the business side you'll actually come across a plethora of case, stu- uh, case studies with great strategies i'm not going to dive deep into a bunch of them because well most of them are actually uh, very popular uh, case studies but on uh, what's interesting on the business side is every aspect of business kind of can have a strategy around it you'll have sales strategy you'll have marketing strategy you'll have growth strategy the core as such for all of them remain the same uh, basically gain awareness of what you're doing and where you are and everything important around it and leverage it to win While some of you will argue with uh, my next point, I think it's uh, I, I think it makes a difference on the business side. Uh, uh, unlike just knowing your current market and everything, uh, the bis- people who do bis- uh, business strategy actually need to know what's going to happen in the future. Uh, for example, Moore's law, right? Everybody knows computing is going to uh, speed up uh, every two uh, x every eighteen months, if I remember correctly. Uh, but how does that affect your business right uh, if computing is become is going to become faster what you're doing is going to run in a in a much faster way in the future it's going to be run on smaller devices too right uh, another example is for india for example today everybody who's building for india is building for the next billion uh, and everybody is betting on that next billion to come online this is basically uh, peop- uh, india going from 200 million to 400 million or 500 million active users on smartphones uh, what is unknown over there is basically how long that is going to take because india has had uh, a one round of kind of uh, plateauing growth and what actually kicked the recent growth uh, up is basically free internet from the likes of jio 
sometimes uh, people make bad strategy choices right because of which companies kind of go under very quickly uh, uh take an example of iridium the satellite phone uh they thought there's going to be a need for people having phones uh and moving anywhere everywhere around uh, but that company tanked uh it was backed by motorola uh, more interestingly but they overestimated the market reach their pricing was insanely expensive and at the same time uh the uh, mobile industry uh, or the cellular network started catching up in developed markets which actually sounded the death knell uh, for iridium because they were going to be cheaper anyway now in retrospective i can kind of bash iridium around uh, for all you know they might have thought that uh, putting satellites up in the air might get cheaper satellite phone might get cheaper so their pricing was going to come down but uh, i i really can't tell i i was really not there at that point of time but it's easy to pick apart strategies in uh, in retrospect without really knowing what those people were thinking for one i don't really know what the market that iridium was targeting because strategy also is about targeting the right markets right when you look at a market especially from let's say a b2b saas uh, perspective because i i've done uh, i've been on that side of uh, the table is you, you you can divide your market into enterprise mid tail long tail and they can be different companies kind of trying to serve each other markets and that's they have strategically picked a market depending on their strengths and weaknesses For example, DuckDuckGo picked uh, a search market where they were uh, targeting only people who were worried about uh, their privacy, uh, right? And and it has seen growth, and uh, that's a market dominated by Google. As such, in twenty fourteen, DuckDuckGo had one point nine billion searches. Last year, in twenty eighteen, DuckDuckGo grew to nine point two billion searches. Right? It's it's grown to the extent that Google Chrome now also has it as an option in uh, for default search. Another great example of picking a strategic market is actually Snapchat. Uh, who would have thought you would have have a, a competitor for Facebook uh, at its uh, heyday, right? But they came from a different angle uh, to the social networking industry. They didn't come from a feeds uh, uh, perspective. They instead said, "Okay, we are going to target uh, a market that needs uh, uh, disappearing messages." Because I'm I'm pretty sure I will pronounce. epiphenial or whatever incorrectly so i'm just going to stick to disappearing messages uh, but they targeted that and they grew and that's an important market for them that's not necessarily a market that facebook can easily target they they might be trying something in the future i know that they have tried something in the past but it's failed but it's 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 a, it's a different dna that you need to build a company targeting a different market if you're already in one market the same way how google might not really worry about users Okay, I'm not putting it in a negative way, but for for Google users who worry about their privacy and don't want to see ads in their search, they are not valuable at all. So why provide a service? Maybe to get some input signals, but I'm not really sure Google worries about them. And Google might be thinking they're just too little right now to worry about them. Another aspect of uh, strategy is also making your resources count, right? If you're not a company that's as big as Facebook or Google or any of your competitors, you're not going to take them head on uh, on 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 their terms, right? Uh, I I joke around with my friend that when you want to compete with somebody, don't compete with the sport and in the uh, in the choice of field uh, or, or stadium that uh, they're playing. Always select a different sport or kind of find a different entry point into it. That's what Snapchat and DuckDuckGo kind of did. uh but long story short basically if you're a company with fewer resources you want them to matter a lot which is why me as one person uh doing a podcast for me a podcast is easier to do than doing a video would i like to do video yes it helps me diversify my audience and video is kind of taking off uh, a lot but right now it takes too much it will take too much effort and time for me and i'm not really skilled to do a single man uh vlogging kind of thing it's not like i've not done video i've done video at your story but vlogging is slightly different from for me right now 
at your story to kind of get a uh, video arm uh, strengthened i basically pushed facebook live why facebook live because live videos don't need edit and my edit team is busy so i didn't i don't need to use the edit team and i don't need to do a lot to get to facebook live we initially started off by just using a phone no mic nothing and we saw how, how much uh, how uh, people reacted to it it did well uh, then we got feedback from somebody saying the audio was not good so uh, i invested in a mic for my phone it's basically a road go mic which plugs into your iphone uh, and then it turned out to be better uh, we did a bunch more videos the next step was basically okay uh let's start doing a uh, facebook live uh, with a dslr uh, and a, a professional mic we started doing that uh, the video quality improved audio improved and the final step was basically put a ba- backdrop which we basically did uh i think uh during budget 2017 india budget 2017 and th- those were the steps right that was the strategic decision to kind of take video and grow it there because if i said okay we're going to start video with high quality video with uh, dslrs and with a studio mic and a backdrop i would need my edit team but my edit team was busy because they were editing videos from a bunch of events that we shoot right they, we didn't have the bandwidth so this was the way we kind of started improving on videos uh, and especially video interviews and to kind of kick start that process the other thing i did was i started pushing myself to do videos so that my peers started noticing me and more importantly they started noticing how easy it was to get video out and then they started and they uh, teamed along in some of the videos basically we i put up a plan to basically use the strengths uh, we had at that point of time we have a massive facebook audience uh, all of us have great smartphones uh, we have a marketing team who can uh, help record the videos we had people we knew people whom we could interview and basically and facebook live was kind of easy to do uh, so we used all those strengths to kind of get video started the nice thing is once you start doing that uh, you can take that video and put it up on google you can put it up wherever you want uh, but your as you keep building up the video muscle you start just becoming better and better on video i would like to do the same on the podcast but i think uh, it'll be harder for me to go uh, uh, full frontal on the uh, camera so at least right now my plan is for one of my future episodes i'll basically have a slide deck to go with the audio so it it is video is i think good enough to start off with and as that grows i would then start kind of doing full fledged uh the same content but in video the interesting part is it's, it's not some something new that i'm kind of making up right this is something that has been done for a long long time uh my initial uh, introduction to podcasting back in 2010 uh was uh by the twit network which basically did this week in google and the way they do it is interesting basically they have a video stream and the audio comes out as a podcast uh, uh the same thing is done by this week in startups uh again they have a video interview but uh they also have the the same audio stream can be pushed into the podcast uh other people kind of fa- phase it in places uh, uh drift for example initially they had a podcast called seeking wisdom it grew well and then they started having people in the video kind of doing uh the audio recording and suddenly you have video content but that's the strategy right strategy always evolves or plans to evolve uh when you kind of keep moving and takes into account stuff that's around you today uh, today a lot of marketing strategy uh, in india uh, will evolve the likes of tiktok right because that's growing and how uh, and how do you leverage that uh, medium or mechanism 
where strategy starts failing is when people start uh, copying other people's strategy uh, or you start uh, copying business models i mean for example everybody in between wanted to be an uber for x and airbnb for y a netflix for uh, audio a netflix for books uh, but the problem with that is that does not take into account the core strategy or the core winning strategy of a bunch of these players right uh, today what is a netflix for books i'm not really sure because <coughs> books are totally different uh, the audience is different where it works is when when you're copying a strategy that is not being still uh, copied in your current let's say time frame or region or geographical area uh, uber's uh, uber has a lot of competition that came out uh, all across the world it's still fighting with uh, some of them like ola it's it's given up against some of them like dd uh, cloudy uh, but that's interesting right most so people decided to say okay we need to have an uber for our ecosystem uh, uber's not there let's build one where it doesn't work is where you already have competition uh, in india for example there's a app called sharechat and a bunch of sharechat type clones came up because they were like there's a big market there's a need for it but what they didn't realize was to catch up uh, to sharechat uh, an incumbent per se you need a lot of capital and which is why the only per, uh, a company that's been able to compete with sharechat has been uh, the the chinese backed app called hello uh, because they had the capital to throw at the problem and improve on 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 some parts of the product but overall you need, when you're doing a copy strategy again you need to kind of differentiate it in some way or leverage your strengths uh, in in some cases it might be a, a a network effect in other cases it might just be capital and to end it right uh, something that's very interesting about strategy is you cannot look at strategy from a single perspective or a single lens you have to look at it from multiple lenses and different angles and from different people's perspective uh, one man's strategy can be another man's tactic and vice versa it depends what is visible uh, to each of them uh, but that's strategy i hope i've got an interest in strategy uh, as before uh, if you have any questions or feedback uh, do write to me at hello@multiplelenses.com at and just to give you an idea of uh, some feedback that i've received for my uh, first episode 2 weeks ago uh, somebody said it is too slow i'm not sure uh, i think i'm fast somebody else said i have an accent uh, that's something i really can't do anything about it's not that i'm purposely talking the way I, uh, i'm talking uh, i think i might have that same feedback uh, this week uh somebody else thought uh, i was reading uh, stuff out uh, which was true for one uh, a few lines of that episode but i i specifically mentioned it out that i'm reading a particular thing out uh, but i'm not reading it out uh some people said 10 minutes is probably too long uh, the interesting aspect is i think this episode has now is going to touch 20 minutes uh but i hope you found it interesting uh, let's see do give me feedback on hello at uh, multiplelenses.com One last thing uh do follow us on Twitter uh, I I keep saying us uh, it's one man army right now uh but the Twitter handle is @lensespod uh thank you and have a great week